0: invite you to join me in Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. While you're turning there, let me give you a little bit of a sense of where we're going in, um, well, in the coming months, actually. We are um, going to return to John's Gospel account in, um, in a few months. In between now and then, um, we will begin an Advent series in two weeks then in January, we will have an eight-week sermon series on uh, what happens to me when I die. Explore the, the hope of heaven. We'll come back then after that to, to John's gospel. But now for the next two weeks, following on our sermon series, where we have explored God's call in our lives to steward the resources that he's entrusted to us, we want to appropriately take a couple of weeks to consider the topic of rest, the rest that is promised to us from the God who owns all and entrusts all to us. Rest is fundamental to that stewardship. So next week, uh, we'll consider a living rest. That is working out of a heart of the heart that is at rest today a sabbath rest ceasing work for the purpose of rest as we prepare to to look to god's word in genesis chapter 2 let me let me pray for us would you bow with me father your word is is true your word is good your word is beautiful i I pray that as we turn to your word this morning, that that we would, in your word, receive sustenance. You would feed us. You would bless us. And so, by the power of your spirit, would you open our hearts to hear, to receive, and to see Jesus. In his name we pray. This is the inerrant and infallible word of God. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done, In creation. This is the word of the Lord. Last week, uh, last week, last month, um, I had a a week that started out with a rather unexpected call. It was the week after I had come back from India. So I'd been out of the office for, um, I guess, 10 days at that point in time. I I came in to the office that Monday morning, and and in addition to preparing to study, uh, preparing the work of sermon preparation, I also had uh, quite a bit of accumulated administrative work that was awaiting my attention. (laughs) In addition to all of that, uh, that was the week of our church planting cohort where we partnered with Cahaba Park Park Church, and I had a day midweek set aside to go and teach over there. In other words, it was shaping up to be a busy week. And then at 9 o'clock that Monday morning, I received a phone call that changed everything. My dear friend Jim, Jim Hatch, he's one of the missionaries that we support. He was coming into town and was going to be there for the church planting cohort. Jim and I were actually supposed to have lunch that day, but he called me at 9 a.m. that morning, and he had a very, had, had a very bad accident. Quickly, I closed my books. I closed my computer. I got in the car, and I went. Um, Jim was alongside of I-20 um, out in Lincoln. I drove quickly pulled up to the scene of the accident. The car was totaled. Uh, Jim was, was still shaky from the trauma of the accident, and his ribs and his back were beginning to hurt. We got everything settled with uh, the state patrolman. We got Jim's bags out of his totaled car. Loaded up in my car, we went to urgent care. After urgent care, we uh, by this time I, I took him and we we ate a bite of lunch. We went. We took care of the totaled rental car. We canceled his housing plans for the week, and I brought him to my home where Jim stayed that night, the next night, and the next day. It was a change to the plans for the week and particularly for the day. And that's the reason I bring this all up. It was to have been a very busy day. It was to have been a very busy week. But all of a sudden, it stopped. Everything stopped. And I got nothing accomplished that day that I had planned. But as I reflected back on that day... It was the best day. You see, Jim is he's a dear friend. And on that day, I got to be present with my friend. And there, as I was present with my friend, the unfinished work didn't matter. It simply ceased because that day, the Lord had something better. It was a day of presence, and there was something beautiful in that presence. That night, Jim and Anna and I sat around in our living room and we reflected over a relationship that has gone back for 14 years. And we reflected on that day, and we all agreed that it was unfortunate that the cause of this day was his accident. <laughs> But we also all agreed that it was a good day because the Lord had given us a gift. It was a forced gift, but it was a gift wherein He stopped everything else. Now, why is stopping such a gift? Why do we need it so? And if it is a gift and we need it so, why are we so hesitant to do it? There's something vital in the stopping. And we see its beauty here in this passage. I want to acknowledge as we look to this passage that God's stopping is different than our stopping. Namely because God's work was complete. I want to give you a homework assignment odd, I know, on a Sabbath day. Let me give you a homework assignment. This afternoon, I want you to go home. I want you to go back and read Genesis 1. Read it slowly. Savor it, because it is beautiful. As you savor Genesis 1, I want you to reflect on the breadth of God's creative Work on the excellence of his work and on how he delighted in every step of it. As you read Genesis 1, I want you to imagine the stars in the night sky. I want you to imagine the snow capped peak of Mount Everest, and I want you to imagine the glimmer. Of the tiniest little minnow darting through the waters. That was Genesis 1. That was the first six days. That's not a bad week, wouldn't you say? That is a lot of work. And so then Genesis 2, 1. Thus. 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 It's one word that captured a whole chapter of completed work. The work was complete thus. It was finished. It was done. All of it. And then in verse 2, he rested. God rested. Something you need to know about the Hebrew language, it's, it's fluid. It's, it's nuanced. If the Greek is logical, analytical, sort of right-handed, the Hebrew it's poetic. It's artistic. It's rhythmic. It's left-handed. And God in his wisdom chose to His canon in these two languages that God would speak in the Hebrew and the Greek. It tells us something about his breadth, But also that this is written in Hebrew tells us that sometimes we can miss some things in translation. Here, the word for rested is sabbat. Sabbat is to stop to cease. Later, we look to Exodus 20, the Ten Commandments. We come to the, to the fourth commandment, and, and there we are told not to work, but to rest. Yet it is a different word used there in the fourth commandment. Yes, a, a variation of Sabbath captures sabbath. But the word for not working, for resting, is nuah. Put it together for a second. That word nuah means to rest. Put the two together, the foundation and the command. And what we see is that we are to stop for the purpose of rest. Now let's talk about why this matters. I don't know about you. But I've often thought about these three verses here at the beginning of Genesis 2 in terms of God being tired. Now, we all have to agree, he did a lot in those first six days. It was a big week. And I often think about his need to just catch his breath, to rest. But here's the problem. That thinking is to give God a human attribute and a fallen one at that. God's rest on the seventh day is not meant to imply that he was weary from his labors. No. His stopping on the seventh day does not communicate weariness but satisfaction work was complete and because it was complete and it was good god stopped that's fundamental here we often talk about sabbath rest by looking to the fourth commandment there in exodus 20 or at times to the gospel accounts where jesus is Always seemingly doing battle with the Pharisees over the Sabbath. And the Pharisees are largely arguing over what should or should not be done. But before the Sabbath was a command, it was modeled. It was established. God stopped. And then he blessed. Verse 3. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy what does it mean to bless a day we think in terms of blessing a person but a day what what could that mean well he goes on as we just read to 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 make it holy that is to set it apart so that it is a day meant to be different and in the holiness of that day is communicating something of the God in whom we are to find contentment. This blessing of the Sabbath day, it came pre-fall. Before there was toil in our labor. Before weariness marked our work. This blessing, this setting apart, is meant to communicate beauty and Orderliness, the beauty and orderliness of God. And God and His wondrous wisdom built into the fabric of time, this tangible rhythm and reminder that His finished work is sufficient. His time is sufficient. Now certainly... The command and, and our observance of the command comes after the fall when we do experience weariness. And that weariness that, that accompanies the fall and our labors adds to this day the need for physical rest. But that physical rest is secondary. Physical rest is secondary to God's design for this day. He is establishing a rhythm where we are to find satisfaction and enjoyment in Him, and beautifully, He models this rhythm. Recently, I have shared what many of you already know that I struggle with singing. Guess what? I also struggle with rhythm. I can't clap to a beat. If I could, I would be up here on Friday night with tapestry, dancing and singing. But I'll spare you that. (laughs) But there's one place on earth where I have rhythm. Africa. (laughs) Africa. In Africa, in worship, there is a simple beauty. worship. It's led by voice and by drum, by the djembe. And that, that drum, that djembe is so clear, so powerful, so rhythmic that even I can follow it. I have rhythm in Africa. You see the impact of God's blessing of this day. The rhythm of this day is so clear, so powerful, yes, so rhythmic that even weary, struggling sinners can follow it and be blessed. Certainly, there is a call to remembrance on this day but I believe there's more than a pattern for remembrance there is in God's blessing this day a conferring of of redemptive power I don't mean by that that we're saved by our observance of the sabbath No, that's not what I'm saying I'm saying that in our observance of the sabbath in our enjoyment of the sabbath something is communicated to us of the grace of God and through this day we grow <clears throat> we grow in Christ-like dependence we grow in holiness we grow in contentment in him so this day through God-ordained, God-blessed rhythm of stopping, we find rest. The fourth commandment commands us to remember the Sabbath rest. But what does it tell us? What does it tell your heart that before it was a command, it was modeled, by God what does your heart need to hear in that consider that question this week I think first at least what I have needed to hear is that the Sabbath provides for us a pattern of unhurried non-anxious creative labor the God who created all Stars, Mount Everest and the minnow. He also established the spiritual gifts that we have been discussing. And that he entrusts to us. He's the one who created the fabric of time. The framework with which we are to employ those gifts. And he knows us created us knew us in our mother's womb and he calls us to steward those gifts and that time wisely creatively but in establishing this framework of work and rest he didn't do it so that he could give us a deadline to meet now certainly we are to redeem the six days by using them fully and wisely. But this framework is not meant to add a deadline to complete, but to free us from the burden of self-sufficiency. We don't Sabbath because our work is complete. We don't sabbat. We don't stop or cease because we're done. We stop because God is. And so we're freed from that burden, given the ability to enjoy this gift of unhurried, non-anxious, creative labor. My heart needs to hear that because there's a lot of the work left to be done. But the Sabbath is a gift of rest because it is a gift of dependence. And in that, there's a pattern for our image bearing. As a child of God, I stop because my father did. We stop because our father did. All right. At this point, you're saying, How? How do I would do this? How do I don't actually cease my labors on the Sabbath? I don't want to be overly simplistic, but the truth is God just stopped. Now, yes, His work was complete. But that's the point. His work was complete. He just stopped. So why don't we just stop. Maybe we are afraid to sabbat because we're afraid to nuah. We're afraid to stop because we're actually afraid to rest. Maybe that is because we don't have contentment. God's stopping was born out of his satisfaction, but if we are still striving to find satisfaction, still striving to Find some contentment, maybe in the identity that we derive from our work or perhaps from the material goods that our, material, that our work provides. We will struggle to stop. Do you struggle to cease because you struggle with contentment? Maybe we don't stop because we don't think it's possible. If there were thought bubbles popping up around the room, those thought bubbles might just say, "Pastor, you don't know what I've got in front of me. You don't know my workload." I don't. But I say this with all gentleness, that's not the point not the point what are we saying when we say we can't rest because we can't stop because our workload is too great we're we're saying that rest is not important enough that i don't need it i'm way too important to stop which is also another way of saying god is not sufficient but to follow the lord's pattern is to depend on the lord's provision of time talent of treasure to cease from our labors is the ultimate act of trust we cease from our labors because god did which means that stopping for rest is ultimately an act of worship which means it's more than physical rest it's about more than physical rest it's about soul rest in him, Verse 1 actually sounds passive. Thus the heavens and earth were finished. The work was finished. As if it were passively finished. But verses 2 and 3 provide the Hebrew poetry that is the exclamation point meant to emphasize that this completion was not passive. The work didn't just finish. God did it. God completed the work. He did so in creation and he has done so for those who are in Christ Jesus. Have you ever wondered why we observe the Sabbath on Sunday instead of on Saturday? After all, the Sabbath is a pattern that was established in the rhythm of creation. Six days of labor, a seventh day, Saturday, to be a day of rest. In Exodus chapter 20 verses 8 through 11 in the fourth commandment, it is given with work and rest as the basis for the Sabbath. But there is a second reading of the Ten Commandments. The first is there in Exodus 20. The second is in Deuteronomy chapter 5. There in Deuteronomy chapter 5, Moses has gathered the Israelites there across from the Jordan River. They are about to enter into the promised land. and, And Deuteronomy reads as if, and it actually is, a covenant renewal ceremony where the Lord is reminding the people who they are because of who they belong to. And what that will mean as they go into the promised land. And so then in Deuteronomy 5, he puts the Ten Commandments before them again. And almost all of those commandments are read word for word, just as they were given in Exodus 20, except for the fourth commandment. The fourth commandment is there, still is the fourth commandment, but there is an additional basis given. Not a change of basis, but an additional basis. Deuteronomy 5, verses 12 through 15, tells us that the, the additional basis for the Sabbath is redemption. That God redeemed the Israelites from the bondage of slavery in Egypt. So they are to Sabbath. Rest rooted in creation and worship rooted in redemption. Ultimately, that redemption pointed to a greater redemption. A redemption that was accomplished on the cross when Jesus became the true Passover lamb. There on the cross finished, so that those who are in Christ can receive the grace of God through faith in Him alone. Redemption was accomplished on the cross and then sealed in the resurrection, where the seal of death was broken forever. Friends, the Christian Sabbath from the early days, the church and the acts of the apostles until now has been a resurrection day. We celebrate the Sabbath on the first day because on the first day Christ rose from the dead. And it is a reminder that our rest, both body and soul, is not in the completion of our weekly task list. But it is in Jesus, and it is complete. That Monday, when I got the call from Jim, the Lord called me to stop. My work for the day and my work for the week had barely begun. There was much left to do and little time to do it in. Yet in the stopping, the Lord refreshed me because he was and is sufficient. And in Jesus, his work of redemption is complete and is good. Christ Church, God ceased his work because his work was complete. And good. And in building this pattern into the fabric of time, He has given us a tangible, clear, powerful rhythm and reminder that His finished work is sufficient. And so let us follow this rhythm and find rest for our souls. Father, you're perfect, your ways are perfect. Your work is complete and we are yours. Grow us in trust. Grow us in worship. Grow us in your image that we might do as you, our Father, have done. In Christ's name we pray.